morning, our reading today is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 20. Okay, if you're following the Pew Bibles, it's 274. That's 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 20. Well-known passage, it's the Lord calls Samuel. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. And at that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about his sons made themselves contemptible. And he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrificing or offerings. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me, because may the God um, deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all the Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. This is the word of the God. Thanks be to God. And I am ever so grateful that Mark has popped for today from Santa's fire and he's here today and he's going to bring God's word to us. So let's pray for him. Well, Lord, we give thanks for Mark and we give thanks for his passion for this place and his passion for you. And we pray now that you would anoint him with the power of your spirit and open us to hear your word as well, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
matching, matching clergy shirts. I know, we obviously got the, the memo of what we're meant to be wearing today for, for leading. It's lovely to be with you. Yeah, just arrived, sorry, uh, Kai, that uh, kept you on edge there, just whether I was going to show up on time. But I was watching the service plan and it was say uh, 11.01, I think, the reading. And, so, uh, and then the sermon after that, so I was just in time. Just come across from St. Maya. Well, we've got that passage uh, we're looking at in 1 Samuel 3. Maybe you want to keep that open in your Bibles as we unpack it together. I'm not sure if you're a fan of Britain's Got Talent and likes those sort of shows. Big final tonight, from what I understand. Um, I haven't been following much of this one, but I do know one thing about these ones. You know when you watch the earlier heats of it, you can tell, can't you, if someone's going to be good, if they've got a backstory. Because it always starts, isn't it, doing it? I'm, I'm here performing as a tribute to my grandmother who died last week or whatever, or I've just recovered from cancer, and so I want to do this. To, uh, and you've got these sort of backstories, you know, this one's going to be good, because they, they've got a backstory. So I think we've got to start with a bit of a backstory today, because we just jumped straight in at that story of Samuel and how he heard God calling him. But what's going on? Who are these people? Uh, what's, what's happening here? A bit, of, a bit of backstory to fit it in. There's a couple of people mentioned here, Samuel and Eli. Um, these are people back in the Old Testament, many hundreds of years before Christ appears on the, on the scene. So a little bit of backstory. So we go back to uh, Samuel's mother, Hannah, who was childless, and she prays that God will give her a son. And she makes a promise to God, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you and he will serve you in the temple. God answers her prayer. She has a son, Samuel, and when he's weaned, she takes him along and Eli looks after him and he learns to serve within the temple. And who's this Eli? Well, he's a priest, an old priest by now. He's served faithfully uh, to God in the temple. Not always well, but he's still there. And certainly we know that his sons have got up to all sorts of bad stuff. You can read that in the preceding chapters of 1 Samuel. And God's already warned him that he's going to do something, uh, but either Eli is incapable of controlling his sons or he doesn't respond anyway to the warning. Uh, in our church, we've been thinking about our mission as a church. Today's passage reminds us that individually and collectively as a church, we need to remind ourselves of the importance of listening to God, hearing his voice and being obedient to him doing what he's calling us to do going where he's calling us to go four stages here and i just want to unpack them in this passage we see here revealing a receiving a resting and a responding or if you prefer them in welsh as i've just been preaching this in welsh galu grando gorres guithredi so Revealing, receiving, resting, responding. We begin with a revelation, this great revealing here. God reveals himself to Samuel at this time. We see here a darkness, the deputy and the determination. The darkness we've got here. These are dark times for Israel spiritually. We see this in a number of ways here. Look at Eli. We read that he's nearly blind his eyes are failing. And this is true, he's an old man and physically he can't see very well. But I think this is a symbolic message. He's losing his way. He can't see physically, but he also is losing his way spiritually. And as the leader of the people of Israel, this is a dark time for them. Proverbs says these words, where there is no vision, the people 
perish. Poor leadership we see here of the people of Israel. Look how the passage opens. In those days, it says, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And then again, we see the symbolism there of these dark times that the people of Israel are going through. If you look back further in the Old Testament, we see that there's a lamp. It was meant to be kept burning day and night in the temple, never to go out. But Eli and the team at the temple, they'd got a bit lazy. And what happened, they'd fill it up with oil the night before, and then they'd go off to bed. And sometime during the night, it would flicker, burn low, and go out. That was the practice, darkness, even in the temple of God. And in this time of spiritual darkness, this time of bleakness, it was into the darkness that God called. This week I spent some time with somebody down in South Wales. Uh, he's become a Christian only about a year or so ago and he was telling me his story. And it was a big time of crisis in his life when he felt he couldn't go on any further. He knew nothing of God and God's love for him. And in desperation he calls out to God, God, if you sort this out, because I can't do it, I promise I'll go to church like people make these little promises, uh, God answered his prayer and he kept his side of the bargain and turned up at church the following Sunday. He was given a welcome by the congregation there, invited to do an Alpha course and he's now come to faith and he can testify it was out of darkness that God calls. This was a time of great darkness here. The lamp kept going out. Eli couldn't see. I wonder if it's dark for you today. Has the lamp nearly gone out? Is it flickering? Are you struggling? We can ask God to reveal himself, to speak his words into the darkness. Into the darkness. God speaks. Darkness. Next we see this, this really odd thing is that God speaks to the deputy here. Eli is the great man, he's the priest who'd served there faithfully, he's the leader of the people, he's the senior priest. God has a message for him. You'd think God would tell him, but no. God sends his message to Samuel, his young trainee, his intern, his deputy. He's the one that gets the message. And I've discovered often in life it's through other people that God can often speak. I've shared with you before that I'm, I'm here as a vicar uh, due to, partly, due to something that a lady said to me on a train when I was travelling back from Harlech. I'd been praying a long time about should I give up my job and go and train to be a vicar. And like you do, I said, God, you've got to make it really clear to me. I'm not going to do this unless you make it very, very clear. I'd gone on a Sunday school trip with Eglis Santisfire. We'd gone up to Halech, it was a rainy day, and we were catching the train back. And because the train is full, it's always full on that coastal thing, uh, we had to split up as a group and find somewhere to seat. And I looked around the carriage, and I thought, that looks fairly safe, come sit next to this little old lady here. And we got chatting, uh, she was a Welsh speaker, we got a little chat together, and I, she asked me what I did as a job, I told her. And she just looked at me and said, I think God is calling you to be a vicar. Have you been thinking about that at all? And I said well now you mention it uh, 
that's exactly what I have been thinking about him. She says, I'm sure this is what God is calling you for. And she pulls out a notebook and says, I'm going to write down your name because when people are made vicars, they're ordained in the cathedral. And I will see your name at some time in the future. Yes, I'm that confident this is what God wants for you. Great, the word of God come to me, but through someone else, someone I didn't know, and I don't know who she is, and I've never met her again since. I keep telling this story in the hope that someone in the congregation say it was me, but nobody has has yet. Sam, I don't think so. So thank you, thank you. Yeah, she did. She didn't have a beard. Not like that one, anyway. God can speak through other people, and here, Eli, the main priest. He gets this message from other people back in chapter 2 and then now from, from Sam, his deputy. The darkness, the deputizing, the determination here. We see here how determined God is to get his message across. How patient God is with us all when we don't understand what's going on. As a child, I used to get bored with the repetition in the story. You know, God calls, Samuel goes off to Eli, Eli sends him back, God calls him again, and as a child, and it goes on and on it goes. And as a child, I think, oh, come on, hurry up, come on, get on with it, go on, we want to know what God's going to say here, we all know it's God, let's get on with it here. But it teaches me patience, I think. But we see here, it's patience of Eli, who doesn't seem to get cross with uh, Samuel coming in in the middle of the night. I know what it's like when you're in bed, and a small child comes in to wake you up in the middle of the night, um, for some reason, but Eli is very calm and stays calm and, and shows that great patience. And we here see here well, the patience of God who has to wait for Samuel and Eli to work out what's going on and what's happening. He's very patient and calls again and again. And I found that very helpful in my life. Sometimes we worry, don't we? Have we missed something? Did we miss God telling us to do something? Have we missed out on what God's will is for our life? But here we see God is determined to get his message across. The message he gives to Samuel and to give to Eli is one Eli's heard before. He makes sure again and again we hear the right message. Even after that lady on the train from Halech spoke to me, I still wasn't convinced. Uh, it took a while longer until somebody else uh, from this church here came up to me. Uh, unbeknown of what I didn't know what I was praying about said I've seen a vision of you in a dog collar does this mean anything to you and I think right okay second person coming up and telling me again God was making sure that I got the message so don't worry if you're not sure is God calling me to do something he will make his way clear to you he's determined to get his message across so then we see the revealing and we see the receiving what about the reception here that the message got? How did Samuel respond? And we see here Samuel's dedication and see some of his development. Yes, Hannah had dedicated Samuel to God initially, but we see here too Samuel's dedicated <coughs> dedication to serving God. He's willing to serve God and willing to serve Eli here. Even when he thinks it's Eli calling him, he goes every time. He goes willingly. He doesn't give up on the second or third time. We see him in the temple. He's willing to serve in the small things. So God knows he can trust him to do bigger things. Samuel's dedicated to serving God, even though it wasn't particularly exciting at the time. As a trainee, he'd have all the boring jobs. 
we see him opening doors and doing that sort of stuff and we're guessing that the worship times there in the temple weren't that exciting it was a lean time spiritually God didn't appear to be doing much at that time and Samuel teaches us here to stay faithful even when we don't appear to see God at work we need to stay faithful through the exciting times when God is blessing us as a church and moving forward and it's lovely to see our church growing at the moment week by week but we also need to stay faithful to God during the lean times, during the tough times it was when the word of the Lord was rare that Samuel showed he was faithfully ministering there he didn't give up often we we, I, often I hear stories as a vicar of people saying, oh, well, I went to that church and there wasn't much happening, so I left and I went for somewhere else. I was looking for where, where you know, there's more life or I was looking for whatever. Here, Samuel, here, the word of the law was rare, but he was called to be there and he served faithfully in that time. He was in the right place. Verses 3 and 4, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. He was in the temple near the ark of God, symbolizing the very presence of God, lying down in the presence of God, showing his desire to be near God. And it was then that God called Samuel. Now we don't need a physical place to come before God. We come before God anywhere, but we do need to stop, make space, create time, pause, seek the Lord, spend time reading of the word of God time in prayer enjoying the presence of our heavenly father if we want to hear from him samuel's dedication here and we see his development as samuel matures and grows up through this experience he's learnt about the call of god and he can now distinguish between god's voice and eli's i like verse uh, 15 and 16 uh, in the, it's it's the morning he's afraid to tell eli the vision verse 16 but eli called him samuel he calls and Samuel answered, here I am. Now, if this was a sitcom on, on telly, uh, Eli would call and Samuel would think, oh, that's God calling and go off to God. But no, he's learned, hasn't he, the difference between God's voice and Eli's verse. He's learning. He's learning about listening to God, being open, having a receptive attitude. He doesn't just hear, does he? But he responds. There's a difference between hearing things and being obedient and responding when my children were younger I'd often say things like oh nearly time for supper who wants to come and help lay the table and immediately oh the response would come back I've got I've got homework to do better go and do that or I'm in the middle of reading this book I'll, I'll, I'll do it maybe when I finish this this book and the excuses would come but if I shouted supper's ready then suddenly they'd lost all their excuses and they were there straight away Hearing and responding. There is a difference, isn't there? We've seen the revealing and the receiving by Samuel. Perhaps surprisingly next, we see Samuel resting. He goes back to bed. After meeting with Almighty God in the middle of the night, he goes back to bed. We see here his dependence on God. Samuel's going to go on to do great things for God. May face many struggles. There's probably nothing more difficult than this first task that he has. It's possibly only a 12-year-old boy. He has to go and tell Eli 
about God's judgment on his family. Not easy. Samuel's been called by God in this dramatic way, this unforgettable experience. And what does he do first? He went back to bed. He didn't rush into Eli again in the middle of the night. He didn't go racing around the town shouting, God's been speaking to me. He went back to bed. To be fair, I guess he probably didn't sleep much. He was probably thinking, praying, meditating on what he'd heard, that encountered had. And we can learn again from Samuel his, his example here. To pause, take stock, wait until the moment is right. I've had to learn this often the hard way. When you get that difficult email complaining about something or somebody doing something or there's a tricky pastoral situation to sort out, it's tempting to rush straight in. How much better to spend some time thinking, praying, waiting, rather than rushing in and getting things wrong. When you think God is calling you to go somewhere, do something, pause, pray, stop, wait for the moment, it will come. God's timing is better than ours. God will make sure his will is done. Don't rush in. I was first challenged about becoming a vicar back in 1990. And I preached my first sermon in that year uh, to a church here in this town. But I struggled. It wasn't easy. And I decided all that sort of stuff, leading churches and preaching, that wasn't for me. But God was persistent in his call. I went off to do other careers and I was ordained at what was just the right time. Samuel here had the right preparation. He was learning. He had natural gifts, his servant heart, his patience, but God equips him supernaturally for all that he's going to call to do. He lay down. In the morning, he didn't rush straight into Eli. He went and did what his duty was every day and he waited till Eli asked him about the night before. It's a lesson for us not to rush into things, to depend upon God for his divine timing for us. I've learned a lot from my dog, Caddy. And one thing that you learn about dogs is they don't have more than uh, one tense. They don't understand the past. I can't talk to my dog. She understands about well, several hundred different words and whole sentences, but she doesn't understand the past. She also doesn't stand the future. She just lives in the present now. So if I say to my dog in, in the morning, I'll say, oh, Catherine uh, and Gwenan are coming later today. What does my dog do? Rush straight to the window and look out, expecting them instantly because she doesn't understand that it's going to happen later. I have to say to her, later, it's later, Caddy. But she doesn't understand. And I think I'm like that often. If you get an idea, oh, what a fantastic idea. We can do this in church. We can do this. Let's go and do it. And we rush into it instead of waiting resting and praying and meditating and asking God about his timing here Samuel teaches us that doesn't he he went back to bed and spent some time thinking praying and waiting until the time was right to tell Eli so then the, re the revealing the receiving the resting finally then we come to the responding Samuel here his dutiful nature he did all that he was called to do this first role it's not going to be easy to tell Eli about the judgment that was to come but he does it he's obedient Eli has made lots of mistakes he was probably too busy with his temple duties and position neglecting his family life again that can be a challenge to us here to get the balance right between serving God here in church and spending time with our family 
But we can learn from Eli a little bit here. When confronted with the confirmation of his prophecy, we, he, he replies with these words, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. We can always trust God to do what is right. What a good training for young Samuel to hear these words. Samuel, what a great example to follow. Someone who hears God's words and obedient to it. What was the result? Well, the passage ends. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. He let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel recognized Samuel as attested as a prophet to the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. What a difference. When we're just at the beginning of the chapter. It's gone from the word of the Lord was rare. Now God keeps showing up regularly in the temple. And revealing himself to people through his word. When we look at the state of our nation. Look at the state of many of our churches. This really should be our prayer today. That the Lord would reveal himself through his word, as he did to Samuel. That the word that the Lord would reveal himself through his word, and we'd become a people of the word. We'd once more be a biblical nation led by God. So what a challenge from Samuel. It's been good to see how God has used Samuel in this. But even more exciting to think how God could use us today. You and me, in our community here in Aberystwyth, in our nation, in our families. How might God use us, each one of us, as his servants today? So challenge, are we willing to answer his call? Are we open to him, to being led and guided by his word, led and guided by his spirit? Are we willing to go on an adventure with him? later in our service we're going to come forward and receive communion and as we remember what Jesus has done for us when we kneel at the altar why not ask God to reveal himself to you to reveal more about how he wants you to serve him a chance maybe to recommit yourself to serving him afresh with your whole heart playing your part in his will for us as a church here so let's pray Heavenly Father, we thank you for Samuel. We thank you for this great example here. We thank you for his faithfulness to you. We thank you for the way that he was open to listening to you. We pray that you will help us to listen to you, to hear your word, to be faithful to it. We pray as a church that you will lead and guide us in your way, that we may bring glory to your name in all that we do. Amen.